0: Hello and welcome to a Foot Weekly FIFA Ultimate Team Features Special with a particularly special guest as well. And we're going to be going through some of the confirmed features for FIFA Ultimate Team in FIFA 20. And we'll also be speculating about how they might work and potentially a couple of really interesting things that EA might implement over the next year. I'm your host Ben and you'll hear all that and more, including a giveaway presented by the EA Game Changers Network on this week's Foot Weekly podcast brought to you by Foothead and our patrons. So, legend of the ultimate team scene returning to the pod, hello Nepenthes. Thank you, hello. Great to have you, and we've also got regular partner in crime for me, Steve Stokes, the foot coach. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, I'm a bit disappointed. I thought the big build-up you gave Nep there was going to be for me. (laughs) It's true, you haven't actually been on. Yeah, It has been a little while (laughs) since Steve's been on the podcast. So, No, actually, I wanted to start with your thoughts on fifa 19 as it comes to a close in terms of the content this year
1: a lot of people yeah. have said it's been one of the better years we've had in terms of the volume of content it absolutely has been one of the best we've had in terms of the quality of content i would i wouldn't say it's the best that we've had
0: and is that because of
1: the prices of SBCs? i know that's been a bone of contention for you and for a lot of people this year not not just in less so the SBCs more about how the game just becomes super stale super quick because of how much is on offer and the rewards specifically for me don't keep up with that. You know, they only just changed Foot Champs rewards for team of the season, foot mm. rivals rewards been the same all year round, foot draft rewards the same all year round. They didn't do anything with weekly uh objectives until the latter end of the year. They did nothing with daily objectives, and for me that that's what kind of made the content extremely stale. Is that other than SBCs, they put minimal effort everywhere else. And and does that make you excited for next year? I guess because a lot very of very much what so, just yeah. said is, is actually I, hopefully yeah. going to be covered. Yeah, I, I think the uh, the season objectives and the milestones could potentially be the greatest thing FIFA have introduced since I don't like since foot champs or DKT or um, mm. you know the the SBC section itself. That's
2: something you've been banging the table for for quite a while, isn't it, Nep?
1: Yeah. And, and I, hope, I I tweeted out, I hope they get it right this year. You know, I hope if it's done, I, I said, if if it's done well, it could be an absolute game changer. And Corey responded and said, you know, could you elaborate a little bit more about what you would consider done well? And, and for me personally, and I know I'm in a very, I'm not even in a 1% group. I'm in the 1% of the 1% group with how much time I put into this game. And I know that, but I don't want the milestones to have an end. So, you know, one of the objectives was score 100 chip shots, 100 headers, 100 from inside the box, 100 from outside the box, and that completes it. I want to see that Hmm. then go to 250, then 500, then 1,000, then 2,500, then 5,000, then 10,000, and just exponential growth so that it never ends to the point where you, you can't realistically complete the next segment, but it's always something to work towards yeah
0: and it's interesting actually you're saying you're in obviously the one percent of the one percent which is probably true and you did your road to glory where you didn't use players bought from the transfer market it felt like you often ended up almost completing things you felt like there wasn't am i right in thinking that yeah, you yeah felt there it, wasn't much yeah, more you became
1: yeah especially once you get to like that kind of 99th percentile team where the next upgrade is a prime moments Hullet who's 15 million coins which is just unreasonable to any degree let alone for for a road to glory once it got to that sort of area the the game became just bore it, it, it became about then playing fifa and the gameplay this year has just been absolutely diabolical and so it wasn't something that i enjoyed doing a lot mm. yeah yeah no i totally get that so
0: nep Real a result says do you think that content was good this year i see everywhere people praising content but in his opinion Kind of what you've just said. A lot of content doesn't necessarily mean good content. Most SBCs were pro- overpriced or had bad players and uh, future stars set the power curve way too high too early. That's quite a lot in
1: there. Yeah. I think that's quite an interesting point about how they sort of staged the promos this year. Yeah. Do you, do you so, think it was good? Through the grapevine last year, I heard that the way the icons got released in FIFA 18 was to be in line with the power curve in the sense that you couldn't have like a 96 Ronaldo running around the field when hmm. there wasn't a defender that was capable of dealing with that and that that kind of like kind of just changed my thinking into how and why they release certain promos at certain times this year and the future stars in some regards was was way too much way too quick but the volume of SBCs was also a big part of that problem and 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 the certain SBCs that came out the Gareth Bale SBC and the Zlatan Ibrahimovic SBC specifically uh, the Eden Hazard Player of the Month 1 SBC was another one that was just so strong and so good until the January gameplay patch. But what I would say about it is, is you know, after talking to uh, a few of the content producers and a few like uh, Zaro and Corey, like, I do understand that not all content is for everyone. So when they release a certain SBC, it might be just fully geared towards a big portion of people for example the striker ramos sbc i mean in my opinion that is the hands down worst value for sbc we've seen all year because it was about a million coins for a card that was just diabolical and maybe that's because that was geared to card collectors that wanted fun cards and that's fair enough but what they didn't they didn't do well this year in my opinion is they didn't have any kind of consistency to anything they did and and they didn't make it they didn't make us aware in any way that hey guys this is a fun card for this reason or this is a card that's going to help you improve gameplay and not not that they should necessarily have to denote that but it would have it would have been a lot easier for people to swallow a horrible sbc if it was coupled with a great sbc you know like some days i'm like oh this sbc is terrible but this sbc is really good so if you know if this isn't for you you've got this one available and that was always nice but i just think that they were always so wide of the mark they're just so out of touch with how the market interacts with SBCs. You know, they they forced upon us all year, team of the weeks, team of the weeks, team of the weeks in SBCs. Everything was team of the weeks. So they used very little heroes, very little man of the matches. And I think that was because they were trying to push the whole, hey, Foot Champs is worth it because you get three team of the weeks. But as with any free market, the low-rated team of the weeks were generally useless until they were absolutely relevant, which uh, we can take the point of the German informs for the marco royce player of the month card that just went completely extinct every single german inform and then there was no way to get these informs and the big issue for me is the fact that they don't allow you to use your foot champs red cards as informs like what's the point like how how are people gonna attain these informs if if they're not available readily you know Hmm. yeah i I think actually in going
0: back to your point about sbcs and It's fair to say a lot of this year, at least it felt like to me, and I often didn't complete SBCs. In fact, I did very few SBCs, I'd say this year, especially in the first um, six months. If you're playing the long game and going to play most of the year, then locking away your coins really doesn't make sense at the early stage. And especially with the kind of value that those SBCs were representing, it just didn't feel like it made much sense. But Steve, uh, you did do a lot of those SBCs, didn't you? And I don't know, I might be putting words into your mouth here, but I felt like it was affecting your experience of the game a bit, especially in the last few months. I don't, is that fair? You'd put a lot of coins into those
2: SBCs. What, what you're trying to say is that I, I wasted a lot of coins, isn't it? Yeah, that, that is kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I did, um, undoubtedly. But I did the Prime Vieira SBC, so at least I was able to finally dump players like um, Flashback storage. So mm. came in handy in the end. But yeah, um, I guess it's one of those, if I'd known then what i know now then i'd have certainly stayed away from from a lot of the sbcs really the only sbc that i'm happy that i did quite early on probably a couple would be the ibrahimovic and the flashback Alves. this
1: this for me is where they've got a brilliant opportunity next year with the milestones and season objectives is to make cards like flashback sturridge and flashback chicharito actually have some value by putting in objectives that require you to play with flashback cards from early sure. on instead of week 40 in the game cycle you know like that and it would it would have made a lot more SBCs, a lot more intriguing to me where i'd be like oh usually i wouldn't do this but mm. there's a season objective right now where this card could be extremely valuable to my squad do you think there'd be an
2: argument as well nep where if you if you had a player i don't know let's let's say Sturridge as an example um if you didn't use that card uh, that it'd get downgraded as well so you were encouraged to keep mixing up your teams I I would
1: love any kind of experience-based or time-based growth or regression system. I think it would be amazing, yeah.
0: Mm, that's quite cool.
1: interesting. I think the objective system
0: does look somewhat like it would work to have progressions. Yeah. So players getting better as you completed objectives, whether that be actually the player itself upgrading or you getting a, another version of the same card, right? That might be a simpler way to do it
1: yeah i mean well pez have it right pez have a really really good in-depth uh growth system and and one of the arguments i always hear against it is that they will yeah, we'll sell less packs right because mm. if you can get a day one player and then just grind them you have no incentive to get packs but in in general i think that's a bad way to look at it because there's still you know if you just put limits like career mode potential ratings so you know you get your base mm. 80 rated storage, and you can grind him up to an 86 and that's it. That's it. That's where he caps out. So when that informed storage comes out as an 84 and can be grinded up to a 90, now all of a sudden you've got an incentive to dump your base storage for the informed storage. So there's still incentive there. But again, with objectives and milestones, it, like, you know, taking any card and, you know, like if, if the uh, there was say a season objective of win 10 games with an 82 rated squad, you can now take some of your favourite low-end players grind them up to around 82 rated and yeah. now all of a sudden you've got a squad that you will enjoy playing
2: with
0: mm. and, and you feel might... invested in it as
2: well Neb. you, know, you yeah, feel like yeah. you're not just getting these cards because you've spent X amount of, of money on FIFA points or because you've ground, ground out the game you're, uh, you're actually choosing which players you want to invest your time in and which yeah, ones you exactly, want to develop yeah. I, I think that caused much better player engagement
0: I really like the idea, and I think it could definitely work. I feel like it's maybe a bit early, which sounds crazy considering how this mode has been in the game so long, and it's had plenty of time to adopt this growth, I guess, system, and it hasn't happened. But I do feel like, judging by the pitch notes we have, something like that is maybe not likely next year. Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Do you
1: think it is possible, or...? oh i mean it's definitely possible it's for me uh you know and this comes with just a every every year i I gain experience in this industry and and with ea i become more and more aware of what is important for them and Hmm. they're never going to risk something like this you know they're never going to delve into the unknown basically and and this is the unknown for them they don't know if it'll work they don't know if it'll fail so they just won't try it so from that perspective you think it is pretty
0: unlikely as well that there's a progression system in that sense.
1: Well, um, yes and no, because what they tend to do a lot is feed features into Madden Ultimate Team and mm. NHL Ultimate Team, and if they perform well there, then they move them into FIFA Ultimate Team. And so mm. I understand this year Madden Ultimate Team has a progression-based system. Mm. That's interesting. So we, if it works, if it's if it's good, uh, we could see it in FIFA in the next few years. And I guess also if you think about it
0: from EA sort of gently adding stuff that is relevant to a particular new potential feature. Like, you remember those tournaments where you played for that Royce Obamian card, which was yeah. a really tough knockout tournament. And that was a, almost a precursor to, to actually the year when we had uh, SPCs and, and players for rewarded four tournaments was a big feature of the next year's game. I wonder whether next year we might see, like you were saying, with the objectives, some kind of, upgrade system which isn't so complex so you might get go through certain progressions i guess through objectives and unlock better and better cards of the so same it, type of here, here's
1: an idea i had that and you just stay with me for the few minutes it's going to take for me to explain this and i'd love to hear you guys and obviously the the listeners uh, opinions on this but so take the premier league for example there's 20 clubs in the premier league what I would mm. love, what what I love out of FIFA is, is having unique cards to me, having cards that other people can't attain. That's why the red cards sold so well, right? Yeah. And what I would love to do is like, let's take Arsenal and there's an objective of win five games in division rivals with a minimum of four Arsenal players. And once you do that, you get a bronze Arsenal pack. And in this bronze Arsenal pack it gives you any random Arsenal player as a bronze card. It might be a Bamiyang or Lacazette. It might be Ainsley, Maitland, Niles, whoever it may be. Then, once you've completed the objective set for the Bronze Arsenal card, which will give you a a starting 11 of Bronze Arsenal cards, which are unique cards, we'll just call them Bronze for the sake of it, but Bronze Arsenal cards, there's an objective that's win five games with 11 Bronze Arsenal cards, and you get a Silver Mm. Arsenal card, and you basically progress through Arsenal until you can get the Elite Arsenal cards, where you might get a random Arsenal card out of your pack through this objective system, that might be again, it might be Hector Bellerin as a 94 rated elite Arsenal card. And you're, you know, you're going to get Bellerin, and then somebody else will get some other player, and somebody else will be working towards their favorite team and they're in another league. Mm. And it will create this world where everybody has these pretty cool, boosted, unique cards that's important to them that doesn't make any difference to anyone else. So I could have
2: theoretically a 90 rated Sunderland team by. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you spent the time I mean... to grind and grind and grind, you could get those players. You've sold yeah. it, mate, yeah. It's a nice idea, I like it, yeah. I, I think, theoretically, that's a good idea. I I mean, I guess what they've got to do is just sort of filter out. I mean, the, potentially, there are so many different paths that they could go down with, with the sort of dynamic upgrades in-game. It'll be interesting to see which way they jump. Mm,
0: definitely. A lot of the questions actually coming in have been about uh, the kind of form that these objectives are going to take, because it's quite a new thing, we've had the weekly objectives, but this kind of expansion of objectives is almost... a completely new mode although it doesn't seem like there's going to be a new mode to play it in a lot of people have been asking uh, this is a question from YSHIT who asks what do you guys think about the new type of objectives and can you explain a little bit about it because I suppose until we see the actual menus and, and the objectives and how they work through these different seasons which I think are going to be about a month what I guess, form they're going to take. Now, there's a number. There's four different types of objective. There's going to be daily ones, which I imagine will be pretty similar to the current ones. And there are weekly ones. There are also season-based ones, as I mentioned, presumably about a month long. And then there's dynamic objectives. These first two, daily and weekly, contribute towards your XP, which goes towards those uh, kind of season-long rewards. But the last one's pretty interesting. It's called dynamic objectives. And it says they are a special time-limited release objective group which will not have a regular release schedule and will end after a set period of time determined by the dynamic objective group these could be tied to campaigns or real world events that are happening in the game during the course of the season so to me you now this sounds like the most exciting or in terms of uh them being varied and potentially focusing on like the champions league or a particular round or something like that
1: yeah yeah no that, yeah i do i do recall that now yeah that, that i mean that would be amazing again it, it's all comes down to though the how, how they deliver it, right? Because if it's just monotonous, win five games in rivals, assisting with French players, crap. I just don't care. Like I'll, I'll lose touch with that very, very quickly. But and again, I know that that's me as somebody who's in a very unique group of people that the way they play this game. But if if they do have things, let's say a, another future stars event where you have to complete objectives with the base version of the future stars cards to unlock certain cards and then complete more objectives with an actual future stars cards to unlock another elite tier future stars card that kind of stuff that would be a lot of fun and it would keep the game and the teams interesting because this year and years previous not specifically year 18 actually because of some of the uh requirements for a weekend league and dkt but this year specifically everybody has only geared towards the meta what what upgrade can i get for my main team because there's no reason to have any other team than a main team um so i i would love next year for them to add in some what well, they it seems like they have done to to give us a reason to build squads yeah i think that's a fantastic point uh, one of the things that
0: i did this year was hang on to that Josef Martinez, you know, is an MLS uh, Venezuelan striker. Really handy card. And I just kind of hung on to him all season because I was like, oh, we might get weekly objectives which require MLS goals. It's like a classic thing. Eventually, I got Ibra and was able to use them both. But it's amazing how often there were actually MLS-based objectives. yeah. And it was nice to be able to kind of have those two players and think, oh, I feel pretty smart for not having submitted uh, Martinez into an SBC. So I think you make a really good point there. That kind of value in the lesser cards would be really nice. And I think they do have the opportunity to do that. If there is this kind of pathway through these objectives where you can use similar players each time, and it's also a massive trading opportunity as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I think that's a really big positive for people who do a lot of trading, you know potentially picking up on these things and, and trying to predict them, and then selling players for inflated prices. It's going to be pretty good as well. Uh, yeah, Steve, what are your thoughts on the different types of objectives?
2: Uh, the one that I'm most concerned about, I guess, is the daily objective. I hope that they're not presented in the same format that they have been this year because if you, the only time that they're of any value is if you're first starting the game, you're not buying FIFA points and you're desperate for 150 coins here or there, or a bronze pack or, or what have you. They become redundant very quickly. They become annoying very quickly. I appreciate that they're talking about introducing this this XP concept, so they're going to be different on that front. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that they're any players that have played the game for more than, say, a fortnight that actually go to the trouble of checking the daily objectives and going, you know what, I'm going to score a a header today just to get my 150 coins mm. and a powerhouse chemistry style. So I really hope... I mean, again, you know, the, the answer here for me would be along the lines of what NEP has been talking about with with card development, with player development couldn't they just be couldn't there be a power creep with the daily objective rewards so that people are more inclined to uh, to check in and try and complete them
0: mm, yeah that's a good point and and actually connecting to that they're still going to have sort of starter objectives they're calling them foundation objectives a way of people learning the ropes if you like a of, of fifa ultimate team and then there's also milestone objectives which are like longer term ones which i guess they must not expire and they they run for a long time. So those could be quite good for the sort of long-term grind, if you like. One of the things talking about accessibility, I'd be interested to know if either of you have had this experience, but often when I've asked friends to give Ultimate Team a go, they have found it somewhat complicated in terms of the whole thing around chemistry and it not being that intuitive. Now there is an argument which people like to raise about potentially removing chemistry, definitely doesn't seem like that's going to happen next year and they have done a lot of work to the menus. Did you see this, Steve, actually?
2: I'm aware, yeah, there's been a bit of an overhaul of it and I think that can only be a good thing because I think it's not always that intuitive, so... Yeah, and I actually think
0: this might be an underrated positive and EA are always looking to get more people into Ultimate Team, of course, because Ultimate Team is the big money earner. A lot of people dismiss the journey as complete crap, but actually... The journey, I understand, was absolutely fantastic for bringing new players into Ultimate Team just because of that 75 rated Alex Hunter, apparently. So I think what probably put people off at the next stage was the fact that the squad menu was kind of clunky, wasn't particularly well executed, made simple actions pretty awkward and it was pretty cluttered. So actually, if you look at the screenshot that they've put in this pitch notes, quite positive about that. Uh I know we can't really say much nap until we actually get our hands on it
1: but uh it looks looks good. <laughs> yeah, it does look good. Uh I, I have I have uh how to say it? like I I don't want to burn bridges with anyone ever always, right? And and I don't want to speak out of turn or anything, but I have a guy who's played the game already mm-hmm. uh some some while ago. He told me that specifically for filtering for SBCs and stuff, it, it's a very, very counterintuitive system and makes it considerably longer and considerably more difficult to complete simple tasks. So for example, right now, if you're completing the bronze upgrade SBC, you just go to the um, the Austrian League, right? You filter your bronzes by low to high and then you press A, left trigger, A, left trigger. You fill in your 11 bronzes and then you away you go. You get your silver player pack, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now it seems like once you put that first player in, it takes you back to the squad screen, and you have to go through all the actions again. And it, it's it, the way he explained it to me is that you're you're always forced to look at the best players from that position. So then you have to start scrolling through pages to get down there, and, and it seems like it's going to make squad building or, or SBCs really 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 arduous
0: yeah that sounds strange i mean considering they added more filters in this year to make it theoretically easier to get to those places yeah i mean i guess you know
1: it is a early build yeah so, so I was, like, he, me, he, he yeah. said the same he said like you know the, this yeah. may, maybe this isn't maybe this was just where they were at with building this specific part of the game and it wasn't mm-hmm. finished yet because it was it was some time ago it was like a couple months ago at least now um, yeah, yeah. so yeah it, it fingers crossed because that'd be really yeah. infuriating wouldn't it yeah. <laughs> especially for someone like you who's uh, all over the yeah. SPCs. but they, they seem to make some some very bizarre decisions that it again for me aren't really necessary like the way they changed the how you sort through packs this year it, again it, it just it boggles the mind how they've got it so wrong now everyone just gets used to it but last year you could select a couple of items send those to your club then select a couple of items and do something with those and now it's like if you want to send if, if you open a pack and want to send one item to your club, you have to assort the other items first before you can do it. And it's f- infuriating.
0: Yeah, there, there are some, in terms of the UI decisions over the last few years, it's kind of been two steps forwards and then one backwards in a lot of cases. And I can kind of see why they've done a lot of these things. And But I think they often do frustrate I know, power users in the way they do it. And one of the things that bugs me this year is that there was no way to immediately apply an item or immediately uh, add a player to your squad like when you purchase a player you used to be yeah. able to just add the player yeah, into the squad yeah, exactly, into the yeah. position and you just couldn't do that anymore and uh things like that it is slightly frustrating that we seem to get big positives and I, I like the it's a long time coming because a lot of games have this already um apex legends is actually a really good example of this but this kind of circular menu for applying consumables sure I think will be a lot quicker a lot easier to use um, hopefully, this redesign means that it's a bit slicker and smoother as well, because it's always been a bit laggy, but no promises on that. At least, you know, there are some big positives in terms of the look of it and all that kind of stuff. But you're right, people like yourself who play the game a lot, it's small things that can make a huge amount of time difference the amount that, of time you spend clicking through the club and stuff. Uh, it'll certainly be interesting to see the beta when that comes out. Hopefully, you know, there'll be feedback around that. And, and if there are any problems, they'll get sorted. It's quite hard yeah. to say just looking at the images. So hopefully there are there are big positives. And actually, one of the things that does look good as well is that, yeah. I guess you've both seen this on the pitch notes as well, the Friendly screen. So they've added oh, such amazing stat tracking in this mode when it doesn't feel like we've ever had anything this detailed for something like Foot Jams, which is meant to be an extremely competitive mode which should really be all about kind of small margins and analyzing your play but in this friendly mode they're keeping
1: track of all your stats against your opponent right yeah it's shocking like stat tracking has been like if if you look at football manager let's even go back let's look at championship manager we're talking back 20 years now that had better stat tracking and data collection than fifa has today And that's embarrassing. The, the fact that you still have a goals scored section on your goalkeepers is horrific. I Yeah, I mean, there are lots
0: of things like that that I think we can all agree as very committed players of the game that those things would be great for us and we spend ages analysing them and I guess they just fall by the wayside because they're not the fundamental things that your casual player really wants to see. But then, I don't know, Steve. On the other hand, I feel like a lot of casual players would be interested to see more detailed stats for all their modes.
2: I think some would, undoubtedly. But um, I think it'd be it'd be useful and it, it would be quite informative. You'd be able to see uh, how well your goalkeeper, for instance, is performing. You know, you, you get an idea with strikers. You can see how many goals they've scored per game, obviously. If you had a, a sort of goals-to-game ratio for the goalkeeper, it would, you know, it would help you to... Uh, to make better decisions in terms of the uh, of the guys that you're getting in net um but then where do you draw the line you know what do you, are you going to sort of start tracking the statistics for defenders with missed tackles or you know completed passes they they are kind of logged in the game i mean you can you can access these stats at the end of every individual game so i don't know one would imagine that maybe it wouldn't be that difficult to implement a uh, a running record of them I'd be interested in it, uh, but I'm not sure if, I, if a majority would.
0: Yeah, I, I think it would be a big thing for a lot of players, but it's not going to be a big thing for the majority of players and hence why it probably hasn't been introduced yet. But uh, let's talk a bit about some of the other things in this. Steve, you, you probably have to take over at this point because I am a very, very minimal squad battles player, but it seems like there's been some quite positive changes to squad battles from the pitch notes.
2: Yeah, it seems like... Um... You're certainly going to get a lot more information about the the opponent that you're you're facing potentially. I, I play squad battles mainly because I don't invest in fever points, and it's a steady income for, for not a lot of time being invested. And what about this thing so, that you? Which I think is probably the I guess the more exciting
0: aspect is the fact that you'll be able to refresh. Yeah, you can just well. You
2: there's no time limit. It's probably the best. Yeah, way to play it's, it. it's up to you as and when you want to play your. Yeah. Um, your potential of forty games, which is it's a no-brainer, really. It's one of those things where I'm not sure why it had to be why it had to operate under time constraints in the first place, really. Um, mm. it's, it, that's certainly a step in the right direction. I'm not sure, really, that it's going to encourage people to to engage with squad battles much more. If that's EA's aim, I don't think they're going to achieve it because I think the main reason that people are put off squad battles. Um, something which I'm sure you can speak to, Ben, is that they just hate playing the AI. Um, yeah, because Myself, personally, <laughs> sort of speaking from the coaching aspect, I actually I, I spend a lot of time playing against the AI, particularly early in the game cycle, and I'm pretty sure that most pro players would tell you the same thing because that is mm. where you tend to find the glitches, it's where you tend to find things that are OP, it's where you tend to work out what the AI can handle and can't handle defensively. So, mm. I'd encourage people to actually to get stuck into squad battles, certainly in the early stages of FIFA 20, um, because it's a great way of boosting your your club. And yeah, you can also you can get a handle on the AI pretty quickly through it.
0: And uh, we do actually have a, a a pro squad battles player with us in the so. <laughs> Of course. How do you feel about this change? I, I guess it's it's just one of those things that's just good, and they should have done it before.
1: It, it's yeah, it, it, it's definitely a, a, a nice, small, positive change. Like Steve said, you know, the window dressing is utterly pointless. There, there has not been a time in the last two years of score battles where I've cared about what the stats or tactics are of yeah. the team that I'm coming up against. It's largely irrelevant. On top of that, the refresh thing is just great, but I still think. I actually thought it was going to be less games. The way they word it is slightly misleading. It seems like you're going to get 10 sets of games instead of 11 sets of four games. But it says you get 10 refreshes. Now, the first set of games you get doesn't count as a refresh because it's just handed to you. So it's still going to be 44 games Mm. plus now the bonus squad and the team of the week squad. So you're going to get 46 games now per week. That's far, far too many games for like a rare mega pack if you hit Elite 1 you just (laughs) you're genuinely better off putting your time anywhere else and so for me again it will come down to i will play squad battles like steve said for the first few weeks because it's a great way to start boosting your club for the time involved and you learn so much about how the game plays if you play against like legendary ai or even world-class ai you just you just learn so much about the game so i'll do it for those two reasons but the only the my, my concern with objectives, milestones and such this year, and going back to daily objectives as well, my concern is that they force us to play areas of the game to complete monotonous things. Like, could you imagine if one of the season objectives is complete a hundred daily objectives, you're just gonna absolutely Ugh. do your brain in just going and <laughs> scoring a header with a defender from a corner on squad battles minimum <laughs> professional difficulty. Like no one cares, man. Like and so I'm worried that they're gonna kind of like shackle people into playing the game modes that they want them to play so it so they can get the data and be like, hey, this many people play this game mode and this many people play this game mode when they're actually like funneling you through those modes. Um, but what I would just like to see is I would just like to see progressive rewards in all areas of the game that work with the power curve of where the high-end player is. Definitely.
2: And, yeah,
0: <clears throat> that's what I want. I think actually, sorry, we, we dipped into objectives again there and I think it's a good point. One of my big concerns about this objective stuff is that it could, as you say, force you to play squad battles (laughs) when you really don't want to. And it's happened with the Weekly Objectives this year. I think a few people have mentioned why not have it so that you can access the same things, but two different routes. So you can go down the online route or you can go down the squad battles route. I think that would be really positive if they could do that. But actually, there's a, a kind of broader point about squad battles that it seems like the rewards are somewhat underpowered, maybe. So... We don't know what the rewards are going to be next year. It's possible they re- improve them in some way. It hasn't tended to be EA's thing to improve the rewards. Uh, you, you could say that they did actually in foot champs this year because it was less games, but the rewards didn't change. So I, I guess um, it's possible. Uh, the,
1: the rewards did change. You, you get less players per month because you get less reds. So, like last year, finishing Elite One monthly would give you 20 players, but this year would only give you 12 players subsequently so you lose eight red cards yeah although
0: i was actually talking about more from a sort of tradable reward perspective because it's just a reduction in games and no reduction in the tradable rewards but from a monthly perspective i'd
1: argue it's better because of the flexibility and choice Uh, as well mm, it it, depends because even like to get elite one last year for sorry to get elite three last year which would have given you 12 red cards you didn't even have to finish in elite you could have finished gold one and gold two uh, so now if you finish gold one and gold two you get eight cards instead of 12 cards so it, like they have like downgraded the amount of red you get no matter what level you're playing at obviously you get the luxury of picking your card now but even that you know i mean the amount of red salads i've seen since uh all team of the seasons have been in pack in the rewards is crazy like i i had a not not a debate per se but i had i had a musing about how packs work and you know, I've opened a lot of bronze packs over the years and when a bronze team is valuable, that team gets pulled just considerably less in my experience. And And EA had tweeted me and, and privately uh, contacted me and said like, there's no algorithm that dictates how players get pulled. Yet it's uncanny the amount of times that it happens that players are either completely absent or just completely in your face. And Mohamed Salah is one of those. I think every single person I've seen over the last few weeks got a red Salah. You finish Silver 1, you get him. You finish Elite 1, you get him. Like, like that. For me personally, I, I find it hard to believe it's just coincidence. But of course, I have nothing to, to back that up with. Like, mm. Yeah, it's funny because I've also been told the same thing. So uh, at least from a official standpoint,
0: it seems that card weights don't change dynamically. But I was wondering actually in that circumstance when it's sort of red players, if you like, when it's players coming back in to say red picks or something like that it may be slightly different, I don't know I think you should but declare also, here Ben that you have got about 17 red salas in your club as well. Over the last two years I've had like four four or five red salas so yeah, I maybe it's just something with, with Salah, I don't know I think you're onto something <laughs> but, um, yeah. but I think it is time to take a break, we'll be back in a second with more <laughs> FIFA Ultimate Team chat particularly about the game modes for FIFA 20 I'm off to uh, count my Salahs what's up guys this is andy aj free and you're listening to the foot weekly podcast
1: Because
0: EA Access has come to PlayStation, allowing you to play FIFA 20 early, we're giving away a 12-month EA Access code made possible by the EA Game Changers Network. Now be aware, this is a PlayStation code and it only works in the EU. So to enter, email footweekly at mail.com, that's footweekly at with the subject line Early Access EU. And the winner will be announced on the podcast the week after next. If you're new to the podcast, please do subscribe. You can do that loads of different ways from Spotify to Apple Podcasts. There's a podcast which goes out to everyone every other week. And then in between that, on the off weeks, there's a Patreon exclusive podcast as their support is helping to keep this podcast going. If you'd like to support the pod and get loads of perks in return, then just search Foot Weekly Patreon or have a look in the description of this pod. Right, loads more action in the second half. Let's get into it. Steve, it's actually your first break in a while. How was that? I enjoyed
2: it. I was able to uh, check my sellers, which uh, I Mm. I think that's an NHS advisory these days, that you should check your (laughs) sellers at least once a month. So handy to get that out of the way.
0: Yeah, and actually talking about having an abundance of something, one thing that might have piqued your interest, Nep, is the bulk quick selling of consumables, because that's, I guess, going to help you
1: quite a bit. Yes, it is a good, it's a win, right? But Mm -hmm. quick selling bulk consumables is less relevant than selling quickly consumables like i want to be able to bulk list i want to list 100 contracts at a time at 200 coins a piece instead of Mm. listing one at a time at 200 coins a piece like like the bulk discarding will will be brilliant but yeah i I think again it's just one of those areas where i know it's irrelevant to like 99.5 percent of the user base and so it's not necessarily something they're going to care about putting too much time into because i'm sure there are far far more important things for them to do
0: Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that this got added in some ways for that kind of reason. I guess it feels like a a real win for the power user rather than the casual. Really, So yeah. it's good to see something like that. I guess it maybe is promising for for more changes in that. Yeah. kind of sense. Another thing that I feel like another thing which I can never quite tell with you, Nep, whether it's going to be positive or not. But um, <laughs> pre match pre match setup, uh, removing the fact that you can see who's home. I mean, it's been a nightmare this year getting games. Um, because of people backing out if they weren't at home in foot champs and things like that. And actually, this is something that we've maybe only touched on briefly on the podcast in the past. But basically, I mean, people must have been playing their weekend leagues just playing at home. And while there really isn't, I'm told on good authority, any point in doing this from a connection perspective, it actually does mean that essentially, in some ways, you're likely to match up against worse players because theoretically, you're only facing people who... Don't know about this home thing, and therefore probably aren't as good or as into the game as yeah. possible.
2: That yeah, yeah.
1: I, I mean, I, I indulged in it myself. You know, it, it makes it easier. That that's mm. fair to say, right? Because you know that you're going to avoid most of the other quality players that are doing the same thing. But I, I also found that during the like one week, I I made a point of playing away every game, and I got 24 wins. And mm. the next week, I made a point of playing home every game, and I got 25 wins. And I'm like, so you know. Okay, you might avoid a pro player, but you're still going to face people on plus 15 form that are happy to play away. And that's Mm. actually probably more frightening than playing against somebody who only wants to play at home. (laughs) Um, So facing players with the biggest balls. basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what I would say is that I I will leave my judgment reserved as to whether or not there is a tell because Mm. I'm sure there will be whatever they think they've done. I'm sure there is still a way that you can decipher where you are at home or away.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that is a tricky thing. The amount of times that yeah, i have tried to crack down on this and it hasn't quite worked, um, it does yeah. make you slightly concerned. One thing that really concerns me, and I hope they get this right, is the fact that it says it, behind the scenes we'll use logic to evaluate the color of the kit you're wearing and choose yeah, the kit yeah. your opponent is wearing, which has the least similar color patterns
1: to your own. And yeah, pro clubs is a bit of a mess. Yeah, pro clubs is a problem. But in FIFA, you, in Ultimate Team, you can still choose to use your own two kits, right? So... Yeah, well avoid that's what that I was wondering. Issue. Yeah, why why do they need to put that in? Because I thought you were choosing your own kits anyway. So yeah, I, I
0: don't I don't know. I guess in in uh, rivals that's not the case, isn't it? Because you use your own kits. Maybe it's to do with yeah. that.
1: Yeah, yeah. R- rivals is interesting as well for for quality players. Like what what form, what skill
2: ranking did you get to this year?
1: Uh, I stopped pushing around. I think it was just under two thousand three hundred. So and Steve, It'd
2: be about two thousand one hundred, but it's been all over the place
1: right so so for both of you these changes for fought rivals is going to be horrific for you because it's going to increase yeah. the difficulty <laughs> of players that you're going yeah, to come no, out no, right yeah, yeah totally i'm i'm seeing nobody's saying anything about this and i think this is going to create massive uproar when the game is finally out and people are like hold on i'm at 2200 form here mm. or skill rating and i'm playing hashtag harry every other game like what's going on <laughs> like and, and and so for me this is a great change because it's just going to make my life easier doing objectives and playing in the game it's going to feel like the old division one where i would just slap about everyone i face and and the odd occasion i'd find one guy who was half decent Mm. Uh, i think it's going to be very similar now like like i've been down at 21 2200 skill ranking and it's such a golfing class between even that level and 24 2500 Mm. that you you just can't really understand it until you you pair those two people against each other. And that's not to say that somebody that low can't have a good game or outplay the person or just outthink the person. But yeah, I I think people that sit in that exact skill ranking, 2100, 2200, they're going to have a horrific time in Rivals. So this is a change which
0: I know is going to affect me badly, but in some ways I can kind of understand why they've done it because I see people and actually experienced it myself a little bit when I was progressing towards the top end. Um, and this was before they changed the whole system. You know, they they essentially brought everything down a bit. And, and when I was actually playing rivals properly, if you like, because to be honest, I did that very little this year just because it is a massive grind. And also once you get to Division 1, hopefully they'll have the same qualification system. Yeah, but it's only four wins to get into, into uh, foot champs. And I was just focusing on foot champs basically because I'm a big sucker for a red seller. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like it may not affect me that much because i avoid playing rivals as much as possible but you're completely right for objectives which we'll have to see how important playing rivals
1: for objectives is it could be a real pain one of the things that turned me off of the game this year was every game was challenging like i I, for the first time in three years i looked forwards to the first 10 or 15 games of foot champs because (laughs) it was the most fun i would have on fifa that week and now i'm gonna look forward to playing rivals because it's not going to be me against like literally my counterpart somebody who else is is, is equally as skilled as me now i'm going to have the luxury of facing someone less which is going to encourage me to play more it it seems like again they have champs rivals squad battles draft and this new friends mode i don't know what the hell you can even call that and again it's it's going to be missing a what what i would call a semi-casual mode a mode where there is a reward up for grabs, but there's no matchmaking. And I think that is a big, big problem to not have that in the game.
2: I think that another big problem with Div Rivals is that it never happens that you get the opportunity to slap somebody about. Because one of the the inbuilt problems with that kind of, of mechanism is that for every winner who's having that great experience of, of winning the match is a loser so you're mm-hmm. only ever going to please 50% of the people at any given time I do I mean I do, m- much as you Ben I, the only times that I've really played Div Rivals is for the objectives or if I need to try something out again from a coaching perspective in a competitive environment and one of the things that I'm hoping that they find a way of, of addressing is this whole idea of tanking mm-hmm. because from looking at other people's accounts, people who are in the lower divisions, they're facing teams that are just ridiculous, where people have, they basically don't give a monkey's about their skill rating, they're not bothered about what division they're in, they're just there to, to complete the objectives as quickly and as easily as they can, so they get themselves relegated down to, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, whatever, and uh, then they go spanking people about and I think that really has to be addressed and and stopped because it it makes an absolute mockery of division rivals
0: yeah and from the perspective there about that I think a lot of people uh, I am French is a big exponent of bringing back the daily knockout tournament but for me the numbers just don't quite work essentially one in 16 players is winning the tournament it was fun for people who could win the tournament. I had no problem really winning it. Sometimes I could win it in an hour or less because of rage quits and it was all very, very easy. But I just don't think that this is... It was a sustainable format in many ways and I don't think it was a sustainable way of gaining qualification to weekend league as well. It was um, tough.
2: I mean, I, I'm not going to name any names but I know of people who were charging a fiver and people were gladly yeah, paying yeah. him to, charging a fiver just to win the uh, the DKT. Totally, yeah.
0: And and so moving on from the daily knockout tournament to this method for qualifying for weekend league makes loads of sense. But for me, if you're going to introduce a more casual element to the game around objectives, then where's your casual uh, mode to, to do these objectives in? I mean, you'd need it to be competitive because you, in some way, maybe the way that this can be done is by allowing them in the friendlies mode. And perhaps that is going to be a big positive. But to be honest, I know a lot of our listeners Uh, older members of the community probably don't have many friends who currently playing the game and if they do they probably aren't going to be as committed as them but yeah i I don't know i was really hoping they'd introduce something that would allow for completion of these
1: objectives outside of rivals basically i i personally hate the community collective for helping objectives because it's likewise it's generated this whole win condition in rivals to complete objectives now when shane uh, was it that special Shane Long card, the the green one that you needed back in FIFA seventeen or eighteen? Was there and you had to score twenty goals with an Irishman, and mm. people were just like, okay, we will draw twenty twenty and then move on with our lives. And so now EA are like, okay, well now you've got to do stuff and win the game, yep. and it's creating mm. a hostile, toxic atmosphere because, like, regardless of what division you're in, if you're going in with your Irish squad to complete an objective, and some other guy's got his full prime icon squad that's just not fun for for either player maybe the guy who's got the full prime icon squad's like oh free win happy days but nobody really comes away from that feeling like they've achieved anything you know yeah you haven't earned it yeah you haven't earned the win and the guy that's Hmm. lost what's, what's the alternative though to that one thing that would create something that would help is just by having more things on offer at one time so instead mm. of everybody having to do this one single objective, you know, win eight games with a full MLS squad, give people different objectives. So That's a great objective idea. is to win with one you know, MLS squad, but my objective is to win with a Chinese squad. And and that way it's, it's like, or, or score goals or, or whatever, whatever it may be. And the, the more things that you've got, like if there's 10 things that come out, you know, for milestones or for season objectives, all right, so for this season, you've got to win 10 games with this team and 10 games with this team and then score... 50 goals with this nation and assist 50 goals with this nation and get uh you know complete 100 crosses with defenders now all of a sudden everyone's building these unique squads to work towards multiple objectives at one time and you don't even know what your opponent's doing so you it's not like oh i'm just going to let him score these strikers because he might be trying to score with defenders
0: yeah I, i can see what you mean i think the volume of objectives that we might have actually through this new system
2: could actually be the answer to this problem. Yeah, it could
0: and, and you're possibly it, yeah. right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I as, as
2: far as online yeah. singles go, as well, Ben, I think that that would kind of be almost discriminatory against against players such as myself and and dare I say, Nep, who who have kind of reached that age where a lot of their friends have started to die of old age. Um, <laughs> so. You know that that would favour the younger players, I think, as well. Yeah, no, that is true. So another thing is the fact that the SBC, where you
0: submit your foot champs players, both the one for or one for and eighty three to eighty six red pick, and for an eighty six plus red pick, will be in the game from the start. Which I mean is a win because you know it gives you something to
1: work towards with your foot champs red picks. Is is it? Can can I just ask? <laughs> like, I saw a lot of I saw a lot of people really gassed about this, and I thought you realise. That this is gonna have no value to you until the end of the game. Well, because the volume of because red you, picks, basically. You, well, when you get like your eighty two rated red team and it gives you an eighty six plus rated red player that are all crap because they're you know, you're gonna get an eighty six Ben Yedda that you was finished with three weeks ago, it's gonna be pointless until the team of the
2: seasons or the high power curve
1: cards start coming into packs.
2: Mm, Another point there as well is that you're trying to get an edge over your your rivals. So if everybody's getting the same, pretty much the same reward, everybody's ending up with that 86 rated card. So you're not not gaining any ground anyway. You're just sort of running to standstill. Yeah, I
0: don't know. I think this is a decent bonus. Quite a lot of people listening to this podcast will be playing the first, I don't know, six weekend leagues. They'll get 12-foot champs cards. It may well be that only one of those they want to keep, they can stick the 11 other players into that SBC. And they've got a shot on a six rated foot chance player, which they may have not got in all the other picks. So it's a shame it wasn't in this year. And I'm always wary of the idea that people can be, you know, handed out cars that are high caliber really quickly because World Cup mode last year died so quickly. And that was, I think, because people were getting ridiculous rewards really quickly and that SBC came out where people could basically just create a full icon team I think there has to be this kind of power curve in the game over the course of of FIFA which I think that the foot champs picks and team of the week were behind the curve this year to to the greater extent especially in the final kind of two quarters of the game I suppose but I think early on they can be quite important especially if you're not a player who has a a phenomenal team like I don't pump three points into the game so from that perspective it's quite positive
1: the The biggest change they could do for that is just make the red player picks pertinent to whatever promo is on that week
0: yeah themselves. yeah that, that'd be good yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah that, that would be nice you know it's not like all the cards are ridiculous yeah and, and would be too op so i think i think it could mm. work one of um, the other things that perhaps we haven't covered yet is the changes to foot stadiums mm. yeah i mean this is my moment to be a bit negative because i it's nice, but it's not really adding anything. The only positive I can see here, actually, I, I don't know, I think this is very much wishful thinking on my part, that they might take out some of the other completely useless consumables and replace it with these, which would be maybe more... You know, I'd rather have a Tifo. For those who don't know, a Tifo is basically like a big banner thing. They have them this year to some extent. Like if you're using an icon, they'd sometimes have a banner of the icon. Ronaldo, Neymar. No yeah, yeah, exactly
1: they they can make consumables by the way even the most pointless consumables they can make them valuable in an instant just put an sbc up <laughs> <laughs> literally just uh pop in 11 badges for a rare consumables pack boom there you go 11 stadiums for a i don't know for a shadow chem style and that's an sbc that's there for 24 hours and just do things like that that will be like oh hey you right, see okay. these nine thousand balls that i have in my club well now
2: i can actually make use of them you're a man who loves an SBC. I'll give you that. Yeah. Well, no, I
1: don't know because, like, even if you think about just rivals and champs packs and squad battles packs that people are just picking up anyway, on top yeah, of yeah. like the easy SBCs, the marquee matchups, and things like that that just flood you. Like, there's a reason why consumables just don't sell anymore. Like, like rare contracts last year, there was a point where they were selling again for like four or five hundred coins, and the well, maybe not last mm-hmm. year, maybe seventeen and sixteen. But other than some consumables like Cam to Center Forward and Center Forward to Cam cards, are just an extortionate price five thousand coins for a position mm. change is ridiculous. Takes me back to the FIFA eleven, FIFA twelve days of the four one two one two formation oh, cards that were ten k a pop. Man, like, uh, like yeah. it's, it's, it's and just, everyone would have to like budget by using like a slightly different formation, right? Yeah, get, and just getting a little yeah, bit of extra yeah. care. So, yeah, like give true value to consumables. Don't don't ha- don't allow them to have value. Like one of the ways I made a lot of coins this year was through consumables because of specifically for again for the first eight to ten weeks where when you finish weekend league every player that you get is an upgrade right so when you get that left wing back kolasinac and everyone's picking him up and picking him up or when that SBC comes Mm. out that that is a left wing and you need to convert him to a left forward or a left mid to fit into your team perfectly those consumables for a couple of hours would just spike through the roof like I i was constantly buying left wing to left sorry left mid to left wing cards for three or four hundred coins on tuesdays and wednesdays and selling them for two thousand coins on thursdays and fridays because so many left wings were getting put into people's teams Mm. and they they should have more worth than that the like around the whole course of the game like striker to center forward cards have been expensive all year because people are using them to do league SBCs. you constantly got to change strikers down because certain silver Mm. cards are extinct or whatever whatever's going on but they 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 have so much potential with consumables and with bronze cards and with silver cards and again they just ignore it because why bother like what what are they they're not going to gain much from it we're going to gain things from it and that that's not really a win for them Mm, you know you mentioned some actually vaguely useful useful
0: ones but there are some like i don't know goalkeeper training cards or whatever that are just completely useless and I don't know. It's unlikely, but if they were going to replace maybe some of the consumables with these consumables, aesthetic ones, uh, stadium ones, kind of customization ones, I think that would be a big positive. It could happen. I'm not saying it will, but it could happen. Also, in terms of the uh, stuff that we've gone through, I think we have pretty much covered that entire pitch note. And if anyone has any questions, feel free to tweet us at FootWeeklyPod. You can tweet NEP at Nepenthes and you can tweet steve at the foot coach but also i wanted to ask you to conclude kind of a more general section on foot volta has been obviously announced and you're on the podcast way before that happened foot is your bread and butter and i can't imagine volta featuring a huge amount for you but what i was wanting to ask you actually you often have some quite good ideas about how things might work in the future could you see foot and volta overlapping how do you think that might work
1: yeah i mean it would be amazing i think volta again it's it's one of those ones that has huge potential but with no online team play it's a mm. it's it's a game mode that i think just people in general will get very bored of and and when i when i talk about people and people in general, i'm talking about almost about an online community right because yeah obviously ea must have this wealth they, they sell what 30 million 40 million copies a year and I don't reach anywhere near that amount. And so there are obviously millions, if not tens of millions, of people that are playing these friendly game modes against their powers just on a weekend or for a half hour after work here or there. And so for me, for Volta just being a 1v1 thing is is just a, a, a waste of resources. It's mm. it's it's pointless. We had Five Aside back in FIFA ninety eight Road to World Cup, like it, this isn't effectively anything new. This is almost like Five side and FIFA Street combined. Mm. and i think for ultimate team if they had volta just make it a game mode where you select one player from your ultimate team or your own virtual pro which i also think would be amazing in ultimate team to have your own virtual pro but one player from ultimate team and you go online and it's online team play so you match you can either go in with your pals or you can match in randoms because you don't have any pals and then you just play as one player in a Mm. -a five-a-side mode
0: before volta was even announced i've long wanted a fifa street mode within foot which is essentially feeds into pro clubs or or is kind of a pro club format as basically what you're describing and I was thinking it'd be awesome if like you could actually only use say untradeable players that you have actually Hallows1981 tweeted us and and says he likes the idea of uh, using foot players to make like a a three or four five side team and going into like divisions or something like that I suppose essentially combining the two yeah I really can't see this happening this coming year but I've heard promising things about the potential of Volta and foot at some point in the future there's no doubt for me that there'll be some overlap to some extent you look at what they did with the journey with alex hunter coming into foot and that bringing people into foot there's going to have to be some way to bring people from Volta into foot i think
1: but the, but, the ult- but that's what's sad though that's the ultimate goal getting people in foot yeah it's yeah not, yeah. Like, yeah i mean like, unfortunately like the journey. Yeah. again with the journey they missed a brilliant trick you know you get that alex hunter card and then he gets a team of the season card the, sorry, a team of the yeah, I think a team of the season and a, and a team of the week card in the game, and um, my alarm bells are ringing. I'm thinking this is brilliant. My Alex Hunter's going to upgrade throughout, like you know, almost like maybe just below the power curve, but making him still usable throughout the foot cycle. So when Team of the Year comes around, Alex Hunter gets boosted up to an eighty-eight or an eighty-nine striker. I would have played thousands. Of, he would have been in every team just because it would have been <laughs> called as he progressed on but mm. he just remained this piece of crap card that you just couldn't even use. And even if you got him up to a five-star weak foot on the game, he still just had a three-star weak foot in Ultimate Team. Like, it didn't make any mm. difference. Like, it, it was the same generic card for everyone. It might as well have not been there. Yeah, and it, it it's sad that yeah. for EA, it was mo- it was only about getting people into Ultimate Team to sell more packs. It wasn't about an immersive connection between the two game modes, and it, and it wasn't about bringing somebody some some engagement between the two game modes it was just about selling fifa points yeah i don't
0: know whether i'm just showing my age here but i was i didn't really
1: didn't like the fact that there was a player who wasn't actually a player
0: (laughs) in foot but i don't know steve i feel like Yeah, yeah i don't know i i can see what you're saying and i can see especially if you were invested in the journey or whatever and and how that would really bring the two things together for players who weren't kind of new to fifa if you like but I agree. I think it'd be nice to have a reason to play Volta from my own perspective as someone who's well into foot. And I hope that is possible. And that's kind of my personal uh, wish, I guess, for Volta next year. Right, Nep, we'll have the pleasure of you talking gameplay, icons, and esports on next week's podcast exclusively for our patrons. But have you got any, I don't know, closing thoughts on this
1: week's podcast? Yeah, I-, I think it's very much a lot of myself specifically being very wary of the new game and being like you know very pessimistic about it but I would just like to say because I I, you know I I assume EA might listen to this in one form or another like this game is just it is brilliant there's going to be errors like this game has brought me hours upon hours upon hours of enjoyment like it far outweighs the negatives that are part of the game and I love it to bits Mm. it's always important to
0: remember that when making critiques like all of us do at times it's really because we want the best for the game right yeah and actually over the past year hats off to iad i would be interested to know your perspective as your, you know not game changer if you felt the same but getting out there putting feelers down wanting people's feedback
1: yeah absolutely yeah. has
0: seemed to have made a, a difference i'd say
1: yeah it does it makes a big difference in my opinion yeah
0: yeah let's wrap up here actually for this week's podcast in terms of content um it's been fantastic to have you nep really appreciate your time yeah it's been good and uh steve great to have you back as well uh thanks for coming on
2: good fun enjoyed it yeah it's uh it's been an interesting pod i think yeah
0: good stuff oh glad it got your seal of approval if you're a first-time listener to the podcast there's plenty more of these and as mentioned this is made possible by foothead by all you patrons and next week will be a patron exclusive with nepenthes thanks again for listening and a huge thanks to our icon supporters alistair alan m anthony r chris w dan w Darren W, Dave B, Dom, Gabe N, Hunter B, Johan P, Mark A, Martin M, Vincent A, Matt H, Matt L, Paul, Rob P, Roger DC, Sam M, Savage P, Stephen M, and Tyler M. See you next time.
2: Can you clarify what you meant by the final two quarters of the game? The, The final six months of the game. The last half. Yeah. I'm Michael Mogul, and this is the Game Changing Attorney Podcast. In this podcast, we'll meet innovative market leaders from the legal industry and beyond. Our guests will reveal hidden insights on what it takes to achieve exponential growth year over year, how to attract your ideal clients, and how to build a world-class organization that stands the test of time. If you're ready to operate at a higher level and do what it takes to become the market-dominating leader you know you can be, you've got to be a game changer. Subscribe to the Game Changing Attorney podcast today and get ready to take your firm to the next level.